Our reading today is taken from the book of Philippians, chapter 1, from verse 27 to 30. Philippians 1, 27 to 30. Reading from the New King James Version. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation, and that from God. For you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here is in me. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you for your word. We thank you for the gift of a new day, a new week, a new month, and the privilege and opportunity to share and hear your word. Speak to us in ways that we can understand and apply. And may the entrance of your word bring direction, bring correction, bring instruction, bring healing, bring prosperity of soul, spirit, and body. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I bring you this message from Calvary Baptist Church of the Ghana Baptist Convention, and this is Pastor Fred Davey. We're speaking today on Christian faithfulness. Christian faithfulness. I've read this passage, Philippians 1, 27 to 30, coming to us from the pen of Paul, a prisoner in the Lord, writing to the church in Philippi and by extension to all of us and encouraging us about how we are to be faithful, how we are to grow, how we are to show that we love God and how we are to make the grace of God that is upon us very valid for all to see. Just a simple background. He had preached the word of God to so many people. But you see, wherever the word of God goes, it judges people. It encourages them. And there are some who love darkness, so they don't want to be in the light. And they will frame you up. He was framed up, lied against him. And what happened? He was imprisoned. And from this prison, he wrote a number of letters, and we will not get into the circumstances leading to the prison, but just see the outcome. Because for Paul, it wasn't the issue of being in prison. It wasn't just the issue of confinement or the troubles that come in our lives. But he saw these, and we must also see them, as tests that come to test our faithfulness, whether we would endure or not. A simple example. If somebody has manufactured a tire or a car or any equipment and it says this is for the road this house is to be lived in this bottle is to hold water how do you know the bottle will hold water how do you know if the frying pan can fry something on fire how do you know if the car can go on the mountain and take you back home it is until you use it as the designer designed it. And for Paul, and for all of us as Christians, when we say we have received Christ, it is only when we are put to the trial, test our faith, 
our truthfulness, our patience, our love for God, what values we hold that truly what we are made out of or what we confess or what we profess will shine out. So there are many Christians, but few disciples. To many Christians, Jesus is only a savior, but really he wants to be the Lord and the master. He wants to be the captain. He wants to be in the pilot seat. He wants to drive you. Paul was patient in all types of suffering as he served the Lord because he saw that as part of God's pruning process and because he chose to rely on God, because he made up his mind that God is with him, God would never leave him nor forsake him. He decided to finish and finish well. He could have been one of those people who was not willing to pay the price and therefore return to the world. Oh, there are some like that. Today, they are with Christ. It suits them. As part of their New Year resolution, they'll go to church. Oh, they'll stop this. They'll stop this. They'll give to the Lord. They'll witness. They'll go on mission. But let the trials come and they'll stop. In John chapter 6, verse 66 to 68, John 6, 66 to 68, we read a certain account. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. There were severe trials. There were severe pain in people just hearing what Jesus had to teach them, how they are to follow him, and they were not willing to follow him. If you are to follow him, what are we to do? In this passage, Paul encourages his listeners and you and I to just keep four principles in mind that as a Christian, we must be in control. Control of your tongue, control of the thing that we do. In verse 27, he spells out clearly, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel so that whether I am absent or I am present, whatever I hear, I hear you doing well. He's saying, look, in Christ, you must say what you mean and mean what you say. Christ himself had taught it earlier in Matthew 5.37. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than this is from the evil one. Just say what you mean. Say, whether I come or not, whether I am absent or not, when I hear about you, I must hear that you are a faithful Christian. Your word is your bond. Let them give a good report of you. He said the same thing to Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 7. Moreover, you must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest you fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. That's supposed to be Christian leadership in our communication, in the things we say, in the things we do. We must exhibit the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we are growing, we are faithful. Friends, you promise people, and you don't fulfill that promise. I'll come at two, and they know you'll come at five. Or give me a loan, I'll pay back. And then you switch off your phone when they are calling you. Do you continue lying to people or cheating, or they know you as the right person? Are you a mechanic? Are you a teacher? Are you a plumber? Are you a dentist? Are you a lawyer? Whatever you are doing, is your word truthful? Are you showing that you are the one who is following Christ? 
And Christ can depend on you because he knows you love him and you are giving a testimony to his glory. If not, be determined that today, as you hear his word, as you hear this exhortation, Lord, let me be in control of my tongue, of my testimony, and of the thing that I say, and that you say through me. But then he said, you, those you, your attitude in life, your Christian contact, must also show the type of person you are. Say, don't be afraid. Don't, do not be afraid because people are going to persecute you. 28. And do not in any way be terrified by your adversaries, which is proof to them that your salvation is from God. You see, there are many things that will happen to you in this life. People will try to threaten you. They will try to make you look like nothing. They will intimidate you. But he's saying simply, try and live your life in such a way that they will see that you are a child of God. Why? Don't be afraid of those who hate you. As Christians, that is part of your, your heritage. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 9, They are going to throw you to the wolves and kill you. Everyone hating you because you carry my name. That comes from the message. Don't be afraid. Some will do certain things. And when they are doing it, they will think they are doing it for me or because of me. And they are doing it because you say you love me. Your courage and unity will show them that you are up against or what you are up against. Defeat for them. Victory for you because of God. So that is to be our attitude. Their hate for you proves that they will be destroyed when a person who is not right with God comes into contact with a Christian. They may feel anger and hate for the Christian. That is if only the Christian is living the right way, doing the right thing. Or oh, let us go, let us steal, let us tell a lie, let us plan against the boss, let us do something that is wrong. You say, I won't do it. Or even the mere fact that you are there will cause somebody to say, I won't do the wrong thing. Sometimes it amazes me the difference one policeman can make. In our country, we drive sometimes very, very recklessly. But let a policeman appear with a motorbike, standing there, just looking, two of them, one with a pen, one with a notebook, or with a camera, or something. Then you see how people begin to, to behave. Yes, because they know there's a law, a law that they are supposed to obey. And sometimes they are eager to dodge that law or to flout that law. But with the presence of a man or woman in the police to check them, they behave. Yes, sometimes that is who you are in the spirit to some people. When they see you, when they see the aura around you, when they know what you stand for. They are not able to do the wrong thing that they want to do. And they may not like you because of that. John 5, 24 says, It's urgent that you listen carefully to this. Anyone here who believes what I am saying right now and aligns himself with the Father, who has in fact put me in charge, 
has at this very moment the real lasting life and is no longer condemned to be an outsider. This person has taken a giant step from the world of the dead to the world of the living. That's from the message. So it proves they have life that lasts forever from God. That is God's desire for you. That's God's will for your life. That we live lives that give testimony of his love and his goodness. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to shine for God. Don't be afraid to do the things that he wants you to do. Live for him. See, I assure you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. Hallelujah. So shine because you are, you are the child of the light. Then he goes on, the Christian and cross bearing. We have to bear the cross. Jesus bore the cross for us. But what is this cross bearing all about? Well, it is to allow ourselves to suffer. Not that we are cutting suffering, but we don't run away from it. It will come as part of the package. And when it comes, accept it. Philippians 1.29 say, For it has been given to you on Christ's behalf, not only to believe in him, but to also suffer for him. As I said earlier, we are talking about Christian faithfulness. And the faithfulness would only be shown when there are trials and you stand for the Lord. As human beings, we do not like pain. We do not want to suffer naturally. We want everything to go smoothly. But I'm saying, if you are a human being and you are always right, and you are never wrong, you don't offend anybody, not even the devil, then question your Christian life. It means you are not standing for anything. Paul suffered much. His cross-bearing included suffering pain, physical pain. Oh, he was beaten. He was despised. He was hungry. Sometimes he was penniless. And as we can read, he was here in prison. Before he died, he told people, look, look, look at me. Look at me. Galatians chapter 6 verse 16. From now on, let no one cause me trouble because I bear on my body scars for the cause of Christ. Scars, wounds, wounds from being beaten, beaten until they thought he was dead and they left him to die and he got up. Christ raised him up because he had not finished his assignment. Do we suffer that pain? There are many of us who don't even suffer pain like that before we are double-tongued, before we cheat, before we lie. So he suffered pain, but he also suffered persecution. Because we follow the Lord's command, we will suffer persecution. Persecution means you believe something, and because of your faith, in standing for God's truth, that I will not do this. I will go to church. I will worship God. I will serve him. I will not steal. I will not lie. I will not commit adultery. I will not commit fornication. Then someone will say, no, 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 no. This one, no. I will follow Jesus. I will not follow these shrines. I will not follow these other gods. They are gods as they are called. 
They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have legs, but they cannot walk. I'll follow the living God. They will make sure they make fun of you. But Jesus said in Luke 9.23, And he said to them, If anyone wants to come with me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. It means it may come on a daily basis. Are we just servants of Christ when it is convenient or we are remaining faithful even when we are persecuted? Cross-bearing will not only involve pain and persecution, but sometimes deprivation. You may be left lonely because you are a leader, because you see a vision, you hear something from God, and even your family members may not even like you. We will be forsaken by members of our families who don't know the Lord. We will be misunderstood. Recently, I met some brothers, and they were in great, great, great pain because they had witnessed to their father, and he had become a Christian. And they were all Christians sharing in the joy, in the joy of knowing the Lord, and then this old man died. And suddenly, as they do in these parts of the world, the family said, he's our man, he's our royal. Come and perform this shrine, and come and come to this shrine, and come and perform these sacrifices. And they listed the things, the prayers, the, what they are to do, the sacrifices to this and that and that and that. And the fathers wished that he should be taken to a church and buried triumphantly. The family said, no, we don't do those things. He's this, he's that. And the brothers just felt so confused. They didn't know what to do. And these are elderly people talking to them. And, and most, most, the most painful part, that when some of these things happen, those who take charge of these things and are scolding you, admonishing you and making you feel so bad, you don't even know where they come from. You may have known or heard that they are your father's relatives or your relatives, but they've never really played any role in your life. But I tell you, let there be a funeral. Let there be a marriage. Let there be something customary and they are brought in. Then they will show you who has traditional authority. And suddenly what happens? You will be misunderstood. You will be misquoted. You will be threatened. And you will see your level. That's when you feel and you suffer deprivation or humiliation or persecution or even emotional torture in addition to what has happened. I remember all of this may be happening to you because you have said, Jesus is my Lord, he's my Savior, I'll follow his standards, I'll believe in him, I'll not follow the powers of darkness, I'll not pray to stones and rocks, I'll not pour libation, I'll not do this and that and that. Are you going to be able to stand and give a testimony of the love God has for you? See, not do it arrogantly. There are some who suffer because they will now abuse people and tell them they are this and that. No. But rather, would you use it as an opportunity? Like Paul said, you have all kinds of gods. You have all kinds of altars to the unknown God. Let me tell you about this God. So out of love, are you able to witness for these people to see? These young men were so upset, but they now decided to try and explain to their people. They did not win. The family had their way, but they also saw their composure. They saw the dignity of this young man. He felt their pain and they had them. We're only praying that with time, 
these testimonies that we give, these seeds of kindness that we show, this long-suffering that we show, this, this patience that we show that we are Christians and not provoke and just insult people that we've been to school, they are illiterate, they don't know anything, they will show that you are a child of God. Christian faithfulness means bearing your cross, but bearing the cross with dignity and bearing the cross because the Lord is standing with you. He's working through you. He is for you. He's telling you, well done, my servant. You are standing for me and you will shine. You will go through. And so that leads me to the last of the things that Paul suffered, that the Christian must be able to know that there will be conflict and they will go through it. So, faithfulness will be tested. We must show that we are in control. Our faithfulness will be tested. We must show that in the contact we have with others that we are Christians. Our faithfulness will be tested. When we are being tormented, we must bear the cross of Christ to show that we believe in Him. But last but not the least, there will be conflict. Conflict all over the place. Look at what he said in verse 30. Philippians chapter 1, verse 30. Having the same struggle that you saw I had and now hear that I have. Life is war. Paul said, we fight. And we are fighting. And most times our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the wicked places who are seeking always to destroy us. But Paul had one mentality, why he could remain faithful. He remained faithful because he knows what the end of the story is. He knows who his master is. He knows who he wants to hear say, well done. Again, let's go back to that policeman I said in traffic, or I mean, that policeman I said standing in the traffic. He's there. And any of those vehicles can knock him down. God forbid. But why is he there? He's there because that is his charge. That is his duty assignment. That is his post to stand there and direct traffic so that there will be no chaos. Yes, some may come at him, some may insult him, but many, many would obey. He's there because he's a servant of the state, not because he's enjoying it. The sun may be beating him, may be soaked by the rain or sweat, but he's there. That's how Paul saw himself. That when these conflicts come, when you are being tested by the world, the flesh, the, the devil, note one thing, I'm suffering for Christ or I'm dead to Christ already. He puts it very, very strongly in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. A verse I love myself. I try to let it influence the decisions I make and my mentality. Galatians 2.20 And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, so the life I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So, the first part, I am no longer alive. I'm dead. I died with Christ. 
I am his. I'm sealed with him. But Christ lives in me. Am I allowing him to go through this with me? Lord, you are in me. So go through this suffering with me. Go through this with me. I'm going through this with me because you are with me. And to make a lot of difference, if we see in ourselves and speak to ourselves and believe that his Holy Spirit lives within us, our conduct will be different. Our enemies will know it. Even the devil himself will know that Jesus is in us. Instead of running away from him, you speak the word, I'm a child of God, I'm a finisher, I'm loved by him, he's with me always, I live in him, he lives in me, together we are one, we'll win this victory, we'll win this, this year we'll win, I'm a winner, nobody will put me down. These are words of encouraging yourself in the Lord. My soul, rejoice in the Lord, I'm a winner, I'm a faithful one, I'll, and I'll finish it, I'll win that crown. friend. There are many battles and the mind, the tongue must all speak in alignment with what God has for you. And that is what Paul is doing to himself here. He's in prison, but he said, I'm going to fight and I'm going to win because the Lord is with me. Because one thing for him, he wants to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. That's Matthew 25, 21. He doesn't want it to be said, you haven't done well, get out from me, get out from me, get out from me. And so for him, his life is different. That God will not accept laziness, God will not accept indifference, God will not accept defeat, because he wants us to be faithful and be faithful to the end. Friend, don't live a defeated life. And the only way you can live a victorious, faithful life is one. To know who has called you. Has God called you to be his servant? Have you answered that call? I said, Lord, I am a sinner. I accept that I cannot do it by myself. Lord, come into my life. Forgive my sins. And lead me in the path of righteousness. For your name's sake. Amen. If you pray that prayer. Or anything close to this, then remember, you have become a child and you must learn to walk in the Lord. How do you walk in the Lord? By continuing to pray in prayer, continue to read His Word, but above all, seeking a faithful Bible believing church that you can be part and pass of, where you can be taught by Christians who are living the Word so you can grow. We can help you. Calvary Baptist Church or any Bible-believing church, it will be our pleasure to help you. The contacts come after this broadcast. But I'll say again, be faithful. The Lord is coming soon. Live for Him and you'll be blessed in life and in the life to come. May His peace dwell in your heart now and forevermore. Amen. <music>